The How to Study the Bible podcast is brought to you by BibleStudyTools.com and is part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational faith-affirming podcasts, visit LifeAudio.com. Hey everyone, I want to let you know about a opportunity that is going to start February 1st. If you're new with us here, or you know that you just need a refresh, or you're starting for the first time to encounter God through His Word, I want to invite you to a 30-day crash course called Help My Bible is Alive. It's a book I've written that leads you day by day through the basic tools you need to encounter God through His Word. And I don't want you to do it alone. I want you to come with us with a whole community of folks who are going to spend 30 days really just jumping in and making a habit, creating a commitment to really learn how to use those tools and understand God through His Word. All you need is the book, Help My Bible is Alive, which we'll drop in the show notes. And you can just come on over to my website, NicoleUnis.com slash Bible. And there you'll find a way to sign up for a free group where I'll be doing live videos and you can be in community starting February 1st as we all journey together through Help my Bible is alive. I'll see you guys there. There can be an essential thing that happens in your thinking. There can be a shift and a mindset that is different. But what we learn in this passage as we're reading it, the backstory of this former way of life, there is action that we take. That even though the work of a new heart is done through Christ, we still are participants in that work. Hey everyone, welcome to How to Study the Bible. My name is Nicole Eunice and I am your host and your friend on the journey as we are exploring passages in scripture about promises of being made new. Um, and what that means for our life. So we are in new promises for a new year. So we started last week. If you want to journey back there and then join us here. But if you're starting today, that is fantastic. I believe God has something for you today. We are just simply applying the Alive Method to a passage of Scripture together. We're doing some Bible study. So wherever you are, if you're able if to open a Bible, great. If not, I'm going to read you the passage. But if you've got your journal, you can take notes. I want to invite you to, to make this your time where you're really sitting with God and you're exploring and you're understanding, you're digging in. And really, we do this with a belief that God has something to say to you today. God has something to say to me today. So I want to invite you to just take a deep breath. Feel yourself connecting to your spirit and your heart and your body and your mind together. It's amazing how those four things can be in four different places at the same time. We almost have to say to our, say to our souls, come back together. Let's be here right now. Let's be in this moment right now. Let's not be in the past. Let's not be in the future. Let's not be thinking about what we have to make for dinner tonight or the list of to-dos or that bill that needs to be paid. I want you to be right here, right now, where God wants to meet you, to lead you, and to give you his word. So we're going to be in Ephesians 4. Our promise of week two is that God has promised to give us a new mind. This is Ephesians 4, verses 22 through 24, if you want to follow along. Ephesians is in the New Testament. So this is sort of toward the back of your Bible. Okay, so pause me if you need to. Find the passage, Ephesians 4, and here we go. You were taught with regard to your former way of life 
to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So we always follow the same method. So the first thing that we ask is, what does this say? We actually want to read this a few times and ask the question, do I understand what this means? And when we begin to ask, do I understand? Can I restate to someone else? If I, if my 10-year-old came in the room right now, could I explain this passage? Could I say, hey, this is what I read in the Bible this morning. This is what it means. Most of us need to slow down and read it a few times, and I'm going to read it to you again, and I want you to listen again, and I want you to picture what's happening in this passage. If you could use your imagination to picture this passage, here we go. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your mind and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. First of all, I don't know if you're like, I like have the brakes are screeching in my mind. I'm like, does it actually say that we've been created to be like God? It does. It actually says that. You might want to underline that and be like, created to be like God. Like, what? Isn't God above us? Isn't God holy? Isn't he, his ways are not our ways? Yeah, you should have questions about that. Of course, you want to look at what the next phrase is, because it says created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So we've got this aspirational vision of what we can be, what we were actually created to be like, like created. This new self is created, meaning it's, it's all new. It's, it's been put together on purpose to be like this. So oh, I am getting ahead. Y'all, I have missed you. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm preaching. I'm not supposed to be preaching right now. We're supposed to be looking. So created to be like God. I would underline that. Of course, right at the beginning, we always want to look at the beginning of a passage. Because whatever that first word or phrase is, is going to really help us connect when we get to what the backstory is. So look at the first three words in this passage, you were taught. So I obviously should be asking the question, what was I taught? Like, what has been taught about, it says, with regard to your former way of life. So I'm going to ask the question, what was I taught about my former way of life, question mark? Like, I'm going to need to look back. I'm going to want to know that. And this is the way that you begin to go on beautiful adventures with God. Because you might read this and realize, as you're sitting here, I don't think I can articulate what I was taught in regards to my former way of life. Like, I don't know that I have an answer for that. And if if not, welcome to Bible study. You now have a Bible study in front of you. Now you're asking the question, what was I taught? What what does the Bible say about my former way of life? Because I'm going to need to know that. I, I should know that so that I can understand and, and, and apprehend and grab on to these new promises. So you're going to want to ask that question. And that might not be a question we answer in 10 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like that might be a, a journey that God is taking you on. And I find that when I'm really asking the questions of what does this passage say, I have a lot of questions. And I'm being reminded over and over again, even though I have been studying the Bible for for most of my adult life, um, not maybe in this way, but together in lots of different contexts, it is so easy to forget just the basics of what is this message? You know, we are bombarded by messages in our world and in our life, and we're bombarded by by messages that really are trying to tell us who we are and what we're about 
and what matters. So we're going to need to be reminded again and again and again about the actual truth of what God says about who we are, <laughs> why we were created and what really matters. And this is an example of that. So when we ask, we're going to need to ask, okay, wait a second. We're going to need to take a second and make sure I understand what this old self is. And then we see movement, right, in this passage when we ask, what does it say? So we want to know where we were taught. I also notice, and you could, you could notice putting on and putting off. That is an active process, right? Remember last week, we talked all about the fact that, that God is doing all the work in the passage in Ezekiel that's talking about this new heart and this new covenant and this new promise that he's doing all the work. We just position ourselves to receive it. But now we're hearing something different here. Because what we're hearing here is actually there's an active and ongoing prom- promise because I have to put off something and I have to, to put on something. And so just like we take on and off clothes, we're being told to take off that jacket of the old self and to put on that robe of the new self. Like that is in this passage, there is an active ongoing process. And then the, the third question I have in what does it say is what is the goal of the new self? And that's where we find that little comma in verse 24, and that's the created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So now I'm able to frame up this passage and say, okay, something's happening here. I'm learning in regard to an old way that I have to put off an old way and put on a new way. And the new self, the new thing that I'm going to be put on is going to happen through verse 23. It's going to happen through being made new in the attitude of the mind. God has given us a promise that we can be made new in the attitude of our mind. So what's the backstory? Well, what we need to know about Ephesians, again, we can find in the book introduction. You would want to know that Ephesians was a letter that was written by Paul to the church at Ephesus. These are people who are experiencing Christ for the first time. They're becoming a community. They're learning how to do that together. And Paul is giving them practical instructions for how it looks to live the Christian life. This is why Paul's letters, the pastoral letters, which is like Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, these letters are so helpful to us because they really are the practical stuff of life. Like, how do we actually live as followers of Christ? And so we're going to find in his letters that we're going to get that practical instruction about who we've been and who we can become and who we are becoming. And so we're going to ask with regard to our former way of life. And if we look back in the chapter, and if, if, if in fact you look back at all of Ephesians, which we have done a study, you can go to my website website and find that study. But if you look back at all of Ephesians, you're going to find that there is the whole story of the gospel, the whole story of who is our old self and what was happening and how sin does corrupt our hearts and gives us desires that actually aren't desires that lead us to life. And that we've been taught that through faith and through Christ, we can have a new life. And that's what we learned last week, that there is a promise that has been made and is completed in the covenant of Christ. And that promise is that we can be made new. We can have a new heart and a new attitude of mind. That is what we learned here. So actually, what this means is that there can be an essential thing that happens in your thinking There can be a shift and a mindset that is different, but what we learn in this passage as we're reading it, the backstory of this former way of life, there is action that we take, that even though the work of a new heart is done through Christ, 
we still are participants in that work. And that even though that work has been done, we still have that old self as an option to put on, right? Because it says that we're being taught to take off that old self and put on the new self. So as long as we're here on earth, we're going to have that option where we're putting on that old self or we're putting off that old self, where we're putting on the new self or where we're putting off the new self. It's not just like what's done is done. Now I'll just hang out until heaven. No, like we are invited to this new self and this new self, right? Verse 24 was actually created to be like God. We're invited to more and more righteousness, to more and more holiness. Righteousness and holiness, when I grew up, felt like things that were super boring. And it was like, well, everybody who's like a sinful... sinful and depraved is having fun. And righteousness and holiness is this like sanctimonious, self-righteous attitude with people who don't know how to have fun. There could be nothing further from the truth. When Jesus said, I have come so that you can have life and have it to the full, true and full life is found in righteousness and holiness because we're connected to our creator. We're actually living into who we were meant to be. We're becoming more and more like children. Children live in the present. Children have fun. Children have a whole future in front of them. Like That is beautiful and full and wonderful. And that's actually what we find in righteousness and holiness. But it is going to be an action we're going to take. And we're going to sometimes find ourselves not living into that at all. And this isn't about being condemned. We know in scripture that there is no condemnation in Christ in Romans. This isn't about being condemned. This is about having goals, like a purpose. And God saying, no, I have more for you. This isn't just about you hanging out in all of the things that feel hard in your life um, until you get to heaven. No, this is about a process where you can be made new in the attitude of your mind. So number three, what does it mean for me? Well, it means that we have an opportunity to have a shift in our mindset and that that shift in mindset is part of being made new. And that is how we put on the new self is in the mind, that it starts there. We can be renewed in our mind. There's another scripture and I'll drop the show notes, the actual passage, because I can't remember where it is right now, but it says that we take captive every thought and make it obedient. So how do we actually do that? What does it mean that we can be made new in our mind? And what does it mean for us? It means that we can think of our attitude as a mindset starting right now, starting today, that this idea that you can be renewed in your mind is available to you. It means that things that you think can actually change. Like the way that you think about yourself the way that you think about others, the way that you experience life can actually change. So, you know, if you used to think that two plus two equals five, God can change your mindset to where you truly believe that two plus two equals four. And what he's inviting us to is to actually see the world for what it is. And all around you, the world is trying to tell you what it is. It's trying to tell you who you are and what matters and what your purpose is. And what we have as a promise is that we can be made new in the attitude of our minds, which means that what we're hearing around us does not have to be what we listen to. But what we're hearing inside of us, the spirit of God that is in you, that dwells within you, 
that wants to tell you and teach you what it means to be made new. The Spirit of God that says no matter what, no matter who you were yesterday, no matter who you are today, no matter who you are tomorrow, whether you put on the old self or the new self, you still have access to become created like God in your righteousness and holiness. That that is always an option available to you. You are never too far gone. You are never too far covered in shame. You are never too far drowning in regrets for God to say, no, today is a day where you can choose to be made new in the attitude of your mind. It is a process. It is an active process that we choose every day. And you know what? If yesterday was a bad day, that does not mean that today has to be a bad day. Because it says in in Scripture, Lamentations 3, God's promises, His mercies, God's mercy for you is new every single morning. God's mercy is new every morning. So every day is a day that you can choose to say, I want to be made new in the mindset of my mind. And it starts with just asking for it. God says, you have not, you have not received because you have not asked. Ask God to be made new in the attitude of your mind. And then remember that it says in scripture, we take captive every thought and make it obedient, which means that when a thought comes into our mind, before we embrace it as truth, we ask ourselves, is this thought obedient to Christ? If I have a thought of fear about the world or my country or the direction, am I looking at it and saying, have I taken this thought obedient to Christ? If I have a thought about insecurity, about who I am and how I'm not enough and this isn't going to work, am I taking that thought captive? Am I looking at it first before I embrace it as truth? Am I pushing it outside and saying, is this true? Have I taken this thought captive and obedient to Christ? If I have a thought of malice or hatred or anger or resentment or, or just sort of disregarding a person in front of me, am I, and I, I'm starting to make a judgment on who they are. I have this critical thought. Am I taking it captive and saying, is this obedient to Christ before I embrace this as truth? If I think someone is against me and they're my enemy and they're they're out to get me, am I taking that thought captive before I embrace it as truth? And you may have some thoughts that need to stay out in the hopper today. They just need to stay out. You need to be like, I'm not sure if that is obedient to Christ or not. So I'm not going to embrace that as truth. I'm going to put a hold on that thought. And these thoughts that you have about yourself, that I have about myself, that you aren't that important and you're not that good. Whatever those thoughts are that you have, that I have, these thoughts that threaten to make us just shrink up and be small and not try anymore and not not live in love or not believe we have purpose, all of those thoughts, I want to invite you today to take them captive and make them obedient to Christ because we have a promise that is true every single day that we walk this this world. And that promise is that we can put on that new self that was created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Amen? Amen. Thanks for listening to How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice, a production of LifeAudio.com and the Salem Web Network. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey, and edited by Stephen Sanders. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. To learn more about Nicole, you can check out her website at NicoleEunice.com. Her book on how to study the Bible is called 
help, my Bible is alive. And you can find a link to that, plus a link to Nicole's site, in today's show notes. Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg, and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East, equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe.